When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media. Welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the Eagles injury woes continuing, Carson Wentz and his legs, plus we'll preview Sunday's Week 5 matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris, how are you doing today? Not bad at all, Mike. Not bad at all. Excited to talk about some more football with you. It's been an interesting week, to say the least, but looking forward to this Pittsburgh game coming up on Sunday. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a weird situation because it's the first time that the, the Eagles are really being affected by COVID in season. Uh, the Steelers, in case you, you've been living under a rock, had had to have their game in week four postponed to week seven because the Titans had a COVID-19 outbreak that seems to be endless. I mean, right now, I think it's what? They're up to like 11 players and, and a handful of coaches. Uh, they also reportedly uh, had a a practice or a workout away from the, the facility when they were explicitly told not to. Um, there's photos that are kind of swarming around the internet. It's been a really interesting time to kind of figure out how the NFL is going to handle this whole scandal. Uh, I did not mean to rhyme there. It just kind of happened. I guess that's when you know that you're a poet and you don't even know it, but um, <laughs> look, the Steelers are coming off uh, a quasi bye week Um you know, Mike Tomlin, in my opinion, is a top five coach in the NFL. Uh, they've got an incredible pass rush, which we'll talk about later on in the show. Um, and the Eagles are banged up. Um, you know, they could potentially have their fifth new look of, at a starting offensive line in five weeks. And that's not good when you're facing TJ Watt and Bud Dupree and and Tyson Aluwalu, who's a guy I used to cover uh, with the Jaguars, who's having not only a career resurgence, but a, like he's pulling the Chris long where he's maybe playing his best football late in his career. Um, they're going to be a dangerous test for this team. There's also other storylines like Javon Hargrave uh, returning to his old stomping grounds in Pittsburgh. I'm sure he's hyped up about that. Miles Sanders grew up near Pittsburgh uh, and he grew up a Steelers fan. So he'll probably be up for this one, wanting to show the Steelers that they probably should have selected him as opposed to, uh, going some other routes. 
Um, you know, Chris, you've watched film on them. We'll break that down later. Uh, but first, let's get into the injuries. As we reported on Eagles Extra uh, on Thursday morning, you know, TJ Edwards and Rudy Ford are headed to injured reserve. The Eagles now have two open roster spots. Uh, that's kind of compelling because there's a lot that could happen with those two roster spots. First, let's talk about Edwards and Ford. Uh, Edwards basically was their two down middle linebacker. He was their best run stopper. Uh, and Rudy Ford was their best gunner on special teams. He was a four core special teams player. How do you think this impacts the lineup just kind of from a depth standpoint? I think uh, there's, especially when it comes to the TJ Edwards injury, I think there's going to be a really, really, they're going to miss him, especially that's saying a lot when it comes to the way this linebacking core is currently constructed. Uh, when you look at a guy like a, Duke Riley, who was top five in the league and missed tackles, according to Pro Football Focus. And you look at Nate Gary, who basically in the coverage, it seems like you see the back of his jersey more trying to flail, trying to cover somebody away away from him and, and, and missing. I think there's been a every pass thrown his way has been a completion. I think it was 19 for 19 when it comes to completions going towards Nate Gary or the person is covering. I think you look at the way this linebacker core is constructed, Edwards was probably playing the best out of all of them. And that's that that's saying a lot because I still think there's some holes in his game a little bit. I actually think it's saying a little, but yeah. It's really rough watching some of the linebacker play. But this gives opportunities for other guys like Alex Singleton. You know, he had that big interception last week. Uh, granted, it was – pretty much so like he was running the route as opposed to him covering somebody. But I, it's, it's opportunities for him, guys like him and Sean Bradley. I mean, Sean Bradley took a couple snaps at middle linebacker week one. Granted, it was all eight, uh, grand total of eight, but he still took some snaps at middle linebacker. So it, I think that one, Rudy Ford is going is to be missed a little bit. I, I think still you have guys like Epps and Kayvon Wallace who will come in there and, and still perform pretty well. And I think they'll, they'll be fine on the back end, but that, that linebacking, injury to him is is just it's just rough for this defense that every has everything else except for the linebacking core well i i think these two injuries are interesting because you look at the roster construction right so safety they thought they'd have will parks for this first month of the season he's had a hamstring injury and been on injured reserve he was going to be a massive part of this defense and then when you see avante maddox go down a corner the Eagles moved Jalen Mills outside to corner. He had been the starting strong safety. Now Marcus Epps and Kayvon Wallace are sharing that those duties. And with Ford out, they basically only have three starting or three safeties on the roster if they're going to continue to have Mills outside. Avante Maddox hasn't practiced this week. Obviously, we're recording this Thursday morning, so he's only missed one practice, but he was expected to miss at least two weeks. So if you have Mills and Darius Slay on the outside, you have Trayvon LeBlanc and um, Nikel Roby Coleman backing them up. Maybe you have Craig James who comes back from injured reserve. He had his 21 day practice window open. He would be a solid replacement for Rudy Ford as he was, he's a special teams captain. He's a very good gunner. Um, basically filled Ford's role last year when Ford got injured last season. So I, I think your cornerback depth is strengthened. That said, are you going to throw Craig James out as a starter on the outside right when he gets back, especially when you're going to throw a lot on him from a special teams role? Or is he just basically going to come back, feel the, the game speed, and you figure it out from there? Like, their secondary is all kind of, like, 
being tugged in every which way. I thought Kayvon Wallace and Marcus Epps, as we said last uh, show, had an okay performance sharing that strong safety role. But, you know, you look at the cornerback depth. Well, the Eagles like Craven LeBlanc and Nicole Roby Coleman enough to put them on the outside. They're really not meant to play outside. And Craig James is really your best backup on the outside. But if you have Mills out there too, it's like you're, you're, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Uh, at the safety position. Will Parks is also eligible to return from IR, but he has yet to practice. He doesn't have his 21-day practice window open. So there's like a lot of moving parts in that secondary. Uh, I think at linebacker, what's scary is, and we've talked we've talked about this like consistently on this show since you joined, their linebacker depth is scary because they're one hit away from having a rookie a late round rookie basically backing up every single position. And that's the situation that they're in right now. I, I, as you said, Alex Singleton's probably going to be elevated to a two down middle linebacker, but then you've got Sean Bradley and Davian Taylor back there. Davian Taylor's not ready to play defense. He's basically the new Jordan Melata on this team. Mm-hmm. He's a long-term project that you're probably not going to put out there for a while. The Eagles have neglected to bring in a veteran. Your boy, Deont- uh, Dante Olsen, is back on the practice squad. Yes. But he, he, couldn't, he <laughs> couldn't even make it through a full month of training camp before getting cut. So it's like, cool, you're going to activate this dude when he's been sitting on the sidelines for a, at least a month. Um, it's just, I don't understand. I get that they don't value linebacker and I get that most of the time only one or two linebackers are on the field, but at some point, you know, Alex Singleton said this the other night, he said, you know, you want to be the strong link. You don't want to be the wink weak link. Well, frankly, the linebacker group is not only the weak link of the defense, it's the weakest link on the entire team. And it's almost like they don't care about the position at all. It's like they'd rather take their lumps there than sign a veteran. Look, there are guys out there, um, not a lot of really talented guys, but guys with experience. I mean, look, I've said this several times. I don't know how you can play worse than Nate Gary. So what's stopping them from moving some other guy into this three, uh, three down role? I mean, Look, you can't really do that with TJ Edwards' sideline, but like, because you're not going to put Duke Riley out there. As you said, tackling's been an issue for him, but like, what's stopping you from putting Alex Singleton out there? I, I have no clue. And you know what? It's very telling that I really thought the Eagles would seriously look at doing. Nigel Bradham signed on a practice squad and they still haven't reached out to him. I mean, granted, I, I think he's that not bridge my is first. I think that bridge is completely burned <laughs> to a crisp, but yeah, go ahead. I mean, would you rather have Nigel Bradham out there? Or would you rather have Nate Gary back there? At least Bradham, you know, he'll at least give you something. I think everything's an upgrade to Mark Semino Jr. I.K. Nate Nate Gary, but I, I I'm shocked they haven't. I know that bridge is burnt, but wouldn't you try to at least repair it? At least be competitive at that point at position. I think he still has at least enough left. I mean, he's definitely a bigger upgrade than than, than Gary by far. I think, but. I'm shocked they didn't go that route. And Singleton, I know he had that one. He had that one moment with the interest of the pick six, but I, I wonder what's going to happen now that a defense is going to have a whole entire week to game plan against him. And if I'm if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm going to start shifting and motioning everything. When I see him on there, I'm going to try to single him up to see what he has first couple of plays of the game, but not only just first couple of plays of the game, probably in the first quarter, see if he's really really can do that. You know they're going to do it to Gary already, but why not test Singleton out too? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're in a spot where, look, I think Singleton's the most athletic linebacker they have other than Davian Taylor. That said, being athletic doesn't really mean anything, as we've seen from Nathan Gary. Uh, you know <laughs> what I mean? So, look, um, this Steelers team does a lot of work across the middle. They have a very good slot receiver. They've got some really good running backs. Like, the defensive line can't do everything, and frankly, the secondary can't either. Um, they're not going to face a tight end test like they did with uh, with Kittle, but Eric Ebron can ball. Like, the dude can ball, especially in the red zone. So, like, I'm not sure what the answer is. Jim Schwartz actually kind of laughed, and he said – he was asked if, if they kind of just let Kittle get his and then try to shut down the rest of the defense. He goes, no, no, we, we, we tried. Uh, he was just catching everything in every coverage. Like, Kittle, Abron's not even on the same, you know, stratosphere as Kittle, but he is an athletic tight end. He knows how to use his body well. He's got good size. Um, he's a talented player, and I, I just, like, I'm not sure. Right now, I think they've, uh, they've, they're, like, allowing, like, an 80% completion percentage to tight ends. It might actually be better than that, um, or worse than that, excuse me. Uh, so linebacker is just a position that they're just going to have to take their lumps with, especially this week, I guess. But, um, you know, moving on from that, the Eagles made an interesting move on Wednesday. They claimed former, 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 former army, uh, (laughs) offensive tackle, Brett Toth off of, uh, waivers from the Arizona Cardinals. He had been on IR for them. Uh, I guess they released him with an injury settlement, but what's interesting to me is they had him in. Uh, for a couple of weeks last year, and then they waived him during final cuts, and they were not happy that he got claimed off of waivers. He's a good story. He's a kid that had a five-year commitment to uh, West Point, but due to uh, President Trump's changing of certain uh, requirements for athletes in the military, he was able to sign a, a contract late in training camp with the Eagles. Uh, Jeff Stoutland always seems to have this, you know, let's mold a guy who doesn't really, you know, have the experience, but has the measurables to play on the offensive line. Obviously Jordan Melata is his famous project. They had Andre uh, Villanueva, Alejandro Villanueva, who now plays for the Steelers. He's a starting left tackle. This team has shown the patience with projects. Nate Herbig was a guy who played three snaps his entire rookie year. Now he's a starting left guard. They've worked miracles before. And I think, you know, if you look at the way this offensive line is right now, they don't have a, a backup left tackle because you have Matt Pryor now in the starting lineup at right guard. You have uh, Jack Driscoll really playing on the right side. Prince Teguanagu is on, on um, the practice squad. There's a lot going on here. Uh, so what did you think of bringing in Toth? He's six foot six, 306 pounds. He's got the measurables, but he's yet to play in the NFL. I, mean, I think he he definitely I think he's a mobile agile enough tackle. I think I I, I don't mind him, especially if they had the practice the practice slot squad slot. Just use it. I, I have no problem with that. The more thing I'm worried about is this. Is well, a, he, he's is actually a, he's actually on the main roster. Roster, right? Right. So I'm sorry, sorry, I misspoke there. But I think when you look at, I think you have to look at the death of Prince Tegawanogo. I'm a little worried about that because if they still haven't, I know he was projected to be a project, but. Even with all these injuries out there, and you mean to tell me he's still he's been in camp this long and he still can't be elevated and he's not getting it? I, I'm a little worried about 
we've heard all the time. We've seen all the time. He's athletic. He can go ahead and play that, and he can be your left tackle possibly in a pinch, and he still can't even come up. I think that's that's very telling. And I think even when it comes to down the line, when you eventually get like guys like Sayamalo back and you start shifting things back to where it was, Herbert goes back to right guard, what does it say about your offensive line then? I mean, I'm starting to look now at Matt Pryor. They bring Toth in, what's going to happen to Pryor? I think he's – I honestly think he's gone. This way he's, way he's played, we know he had that big penalty against the Bengals. And if you got you keep bringing in big guys like this and – and you start looking at where the way the line is going to start shifting and everything and who's going to play where, who can slot, who can back up where. I think he's expendable at this point. And I think it's, it's sad to see it because I thought the guy would be a decent and a talent. But I think I think with this point he's gone. So I think Toth, Toth was, I think it was a good pickup. It, it, it's writing on a wall for, for Pryor, I think, with this. Well, I mean, you know, he's a six-round pick. So it's not like it's, you know, it's not like they're, like, throwing out uh, like, you know, uh, Davy and Taylor, but like, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, everyone I spoke to really praised Prince Teguanagu's, uh, potential. And so it's, it is interesting that they have not, um, put him, pulled him up. It could be just that the Eagles saw an opportunity to get Toth back in town. Um, maybe he's on the active roster for a week and then they move him back down to, uh, the practice squad once they know they have him you know, something of that nature, but because he can't re-sign with the Cardinals. So uh, once you're waved off injured reserve. So it's, it's, I mean, look, it's interesting. Um, You know, you look at what they're doing on, we talked about roster construction, but you look at what they're doing on offense. They protected uh, tight end Jason Kroom, who's got some experience from his time at the Bills. I think he could get the call up this week, but the problem is uh, with, um, Hakeem Butler, when you sign a guy off a pra- another team's practice squad, you have to pay him for three weeks. So I don't see them waiving him. Uh, that said, they do have these two new uh, roster spots. They can elevate guys from the practice squad. So essentially they have four spots. And we know that they're not going to bring in anybody from the outside at this point in the week because you have to take your COVID test. You've got to do all that stuff. But um, the offense is very interesting. We don't know if Deshaun Jackson's going to play on Sunday. We don't know if Alshon Jeffrey's going to play on Sunday. Uh, their offensive line has 10 players right now. Um, you know, as the as the, the starting lineup is constructed as of last week, uh, you've got Jordan Milad at left tackle, um, Nate Herbig at left guard, Jason Kelsey at center, Matt Pryor at right guard, and Lane Johnson at right tackle. Your backup right tackle is Jack Driscoll. Your backup right guard is presumably um, Jamon Brown. Your backup center is Luke Dariga. Your backup left guard is Suo Peta. And your backup left tackle, I guess, would be Toth. Um, I think when you look at uh, overall the group, <laughs> they leave a lot to be desired outside of obviously Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey. But Lane Johnson's also dealing with an ankle injury. So, you know, you've got to be ready at a moment's notice. Jack Driscoll played quite a few snaps for Lane Johnson in week four. So that's always kind of a combustible situation at wide receiver. You know, we saw Travis uh, Fulgham really step up. We've got a great story on NJ.com about, you know, his rise from being a kid who traveled around the Middle East as a little kid to 
growing up and, and playing uh, football and catching a touchdown pass on prime time uh, for Carson Wentz. It was the second catch of his career. Uh, he started his NFL career, his football career at 16. He didn't start wearing pads until he had a driver's license. So interesting story. Check that out on NJ.com. Um, you know, he started that game uh, right off the practice squad. So it's if you look at the healthy guys on the roster, it's Fulgham, it's Greg Ward, it's John Hightower, who's led – the team in wide receiver snaps as of late. Um, the, he seems to be gaining respect from Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, which is kind of crazy. They drafted three uh, rookie wide receivers. They're all on the team, but two guys started out on practice squad or sorry, on injured reserve basically within the first month. And Hightower's the guy who's, who's jumping out at you. Um, and then, you know, you, those three guys, you look at Deshaun Jackson, you look at Alshon Jeffrey, uh, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside practiced on Wednesday, but I really just don't know how you play J.J. Arcega-Whiteside over anyone at this point. He's an emergency fourth wide receiver if if Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey aren't out there as far as I'm concerned. Deontay Burnett, who's on the practice squad, he was elevated the last two weeks. He didn't get a target uh, on, on Sunday, so that was kind of interesting to me. They also didn't protect him on the practice squad this week, so his kind of whirlwind journey continues. Uh, running back... You know, I, I wanted to ask you about this. You thought that coming into the season, you thought running back was getting a little underhyped. But right now, nobody's really delivering on the ground outside of Miles Sanders. They have Boston Scott. They have uh, Corey Clement. And then they have Jason Huntley, who hasn't played since week one and has one carry for one yard to his name. Person, Jason who? I, I mean, haven't seen. I haven't seen. I mean, I, I've, he's on the roster? I'm shocked. I'm just kidding when that comes <laughs> to that. But I really thought Boston Scott would take take it to the next level this year. And it just seems like he's missing some holes and he, he he's, it's like he's playing around, like he's going more lateral in the backfield, trying to find a hole, trying to make stuff happen, but he's not really just put planting his foot and attacking and using his speed. And the other thing that we kept, we saw that he was really successful for was those jet sweeps. They would go ahead and throw him in motion. And we saw last week that was given to Adrian Killen. So he didn't use Scott in that, in that role. So I'm looking at him and I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm, a little disappointed when it comes to the output and the production that he's had so far this year. As for Corey Clement, we've heard, we heard all the time, Hey, he looks, he looks like a different person. He looks like 2017 Corey. He, he's definitely going at, he's pretty much in the same role. He was in 2017, but it's nothing there. Pretty much. It's pretty much when you, know, when you see Scott and Clement in there, it's almost like the old school three yards in a cloud of dust. If you even get three yards for these two guys, I, I would love to see them in the screen game more or the passing game more. If it dumped all, it dumped the ball off to them, but and especially with the way the defenses are playing this Eagles offense right now, the checkdowns are there. But it just seems like even when they do get the ball, it's it's, it's not that big. You don't get that sense the big play is going to happen when it comes to both of them. It's I, I really had high hopes for it. I thought this was probably the deepest part of the team when it came to running backs, but it, it's looked like it's anything but this year so far. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they do. Uh, I think I was on record of saying they shouldn't sign Deontay Freeman, who isn't really doing much with the Giants. But still, like at some point, you know, Corey Clement is just like not doing what you need him to do. I I think he's been fine on special teams. Uh, Boston Scott has seemingly regressed as a ball carrier, which is unfortunate because he had such a great ending to last season. Um, But yeah, they need their running game to step up in this game because – Look, we'll talk about it right in a few seconds, but um, 
the pass rush is incredible for this team. And I just think like, you're going to need to get on, you're going to have to make the most of the ground game. And right now Carson Wentz is the RB two for this team. So let's briefly, before we get into this preview, you know, how dynamic do you think Carson Wentz can be on the ground against a pass rush and, and a, and a run stopping fits of, of these Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, I think the one thing he's going to be able to do, especially when you look at Watt and Dupree, they like to crash. It seems like they like to cra- almost like the Eagles. Why not? They like to crash down hard when they come to their pass rush as well, too. And I think what they did against the 49ers when they ran that read option, I wouldn't say run it 10, 15 times a game, but if you, if you run it the, at opportune times, I think it's there. I think when he goes in, ex- in extended, when you look at what the Steelers are going to pre- present, they're going to throw a lot of different blitz looks. They're going to throw a lot of different so some of those inside coverage when he steps up to the pocket are going to be a little tough to get. But if he goes ahead, if he steps up, he has the ability to step up in the pocket. And I think if he goes around near the guard level, he can go ahead and step up pocket and pick up about five, 10 yards uh, at a pop. And when you look at the way he's doing right now, he's on pace to set 40, have 48 first downs rushing the ball, which would shatter his record. I think it was like 27, which was 2017. So it looks like he's taking, when you, when you are struggling an offense like the way they're doing right now, you need your best players to hold have the ball. And even though his numbers definitely don't show it, he's one of the better players on that offense, and he's going to have to go ahead and take things into his own hands. And he's starting to do that more and put more pressure on these defenses. And, and in essence, it's a domino effect that open up the can open up run lanes. It can definitely help in a passing game when he's uh, improvising and the receivers get open that way. Yeah, I think when we're, when we're talking about um... – Carson Wentz. I mean, I think his best asset is his mobility right now. You know, he's not really getting it done as a passer. And with this offensive line, it's kind of hard to trust in it. So if you can pick up five yards, seven yards here and there, they're, you know, that's really important. So talk to me about the challenges that this offensive line faces against the Steelers pass rush. You were able to watch a lot of tape on them this week. What did you, what'd you take away from it? Well, when you face a 3-4, it's bad enough you're trying to declare who's going to be the, the fourth guy. And then if you think you got four guys, you all of a sudden you may have up to seven guys rushing for you at all different angles. So I think when it comes to Watt, I think Watt, he, he, he's just like his brother's an athletic defensive end. And it's going to be, I you know Jordan Mailata had a good had a good game last week. This is going to really be a test. I, re- I really feel that the Eagles may actually – I think the Eagles may actually have to go ahead and leave Rich Rod in a couple of times to go ahead and help him out on that side because I think he's that much of a dynamic defensive end. So I think he can affect it that way. I think when you look at the second level of this defense, it, if you're looking to try and get Zach Ertz right, it, it's going to be tough. I think when you look at the linebacking core and the, and the seven, you still have Minka Fitzpatrick on that back end as well too. They're going to go ahead and I think they're going to I think they have the ability to basically focus more on Ertz and. When we were talking earlier about Carson Wentz uses late, he's going to have to do it because he's he might be running around a little bit to save his life. And the only good thing, the one thing I will say this is that the Eagles keep the ball on the ground game with the way that Dupree and the way that Watt go ahead and crash crash down against along the lines. The cutback lanes are there for Miles Sanders. If the, even if the Eagles have to des, have some design cutback runs against that way, they like to flow to the ball. Those linebackers are aggressive and like to flow to the ball. If Sanders is patient enough and flows with the play side at first and then cuts back on that one. The Steelers gave a lot, have a lot of gaps on the back side. So I actually look to think Miles Sanders, if, if, and once again, if he's patient enough to go ahead and, and stay with this there, he could have a big day on the ground itself. Yeah. I mean, I look, I, I think he's going to be really hyped for this game. I think, um, 
You know, this is a situation where you want to attack the middle of the field, especially if you've got the edges kind of secured. That said, Tyson Alualu plugging up that those holes. Yikes. Um, so talk to me about this, the matchup between the wide receiver, the Eagles wide receivers and the Steelers secondary real quick. Well, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> no, I was kidding. No. It's a, it's gonna be a little tough. I think uh, when you uh, hate Joe Hayden's not. I still don't think he's the Hayden of old, but I think he's still a very good cornerback. And I think he's gonna go. It depends, it depends who you're gonna have too. If they go ahead and roll out with the same receivers, say if they go with like a full gone go at Ward and the guys that were out there last week, I think they're go, they're physical enough to go ahead and lock down on those guys. So there's gonna have to look toward, more towards the check down check down aspect of it. You got Fitzpatrick that rolls up as well too. And I think Edmonds is a little I think Edmonds is a little underrated as well to Terrell Edmonds. I think he doesn't get the do that he does too. So I think when you look at the matchups that way too, they're it, it, it's gonna be a lot of possession. It's gonna to have to be a lot of quick routes. Uh, a lot of quick routes and the receivers are gonna to have to get off the ball. They're gonna to have to get off the ball and avoid the, the jams of the line of scrimmage and everything as well too and make themselves open and Wentz is gonna to have to find tight windows. They're not gonna be as open as it is he we're used to see when it's accustomed when he's uncomfortable with throwing it. So let's flip to the other side. Where is the Eagles defense going to struggle against this Steelers offense? Where can they kind of take advantage of weaknesses in that Steelers offense? Well, I think when it comes to the, uh, the weaknesses the Eagles are going to face, I think it's going to be not only just Eric Ebron. I think when the Steelers go to that 12 personnel, when it comes to that run running back two tight end sets, I think a lot of people forget about Vance McDonald. I think Vance McDonald as a second tight end is one of the best backup tight like second tight ends that are in the league. And I definitely think that they're going to have they're going Eagles going to have to do a good job making sure they keep not only Ebron in check but also checking as well too. Uh, Villanueva, I, th- I actually like this matchup that the Eagles defensive line has against this Steelers offensive line. I think when you got a, the way that Josh Sweat is playing this defensive line as a whole, and the fact that I I like the mat, the thought of Malik Jackson. Javon Hargrave, who's going to be amped up to play against his old his, his old team, and also Fletcher Cox. I think the three of them going against Filer, Pouncey, and DeCastro, I think they I think they can actually push the pocket back into Ben Roethlisberger's face. I mean, it's bad enough that it well, it's not bad enough, but Roethlisberger's getting the ball quickly out of his hands lately. And what they're going to do, it's going to be imperative that the Eagles defensive lines place their hands up and try to get their hands in front of those throwing lanes and also as well to push it back and make him a little bit uncomfortable because he's not as mobile as he used to be, but he, he can still get out there when, when needed. So they're going to, I think the defensive line is going to be able to get enough pressure on his team and uh, they make it uncomfortable. And I think the the matchup to watch really is going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. I think it's Slay when he goes against Juju Smith-Schuster. I think it's going to be a, I think it's just going to be a fun afternoon to watch those two go at it. What's your pick? I think it's gonna be a lot closer. I think it's gonna be a lot closer than what people think. But I think the Steelers win. I, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna go twenty four twenty three. It's gonna be one of those last fourth. The Steelers will have the ball. I think last in the fourth quarter. I think they'll drive it down. But it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot closer than what people believe. Yeah, I have it. Uh, Steelers winning twenty seven twenty three. I think so. We're on the same page, and the Eagles scoring twenty three points. So there's at least that. Um, that said, if you're a very superstitious Eagles fan. Uh, we both picked against uh, the Eagles last week. It was the first time we picked against them um, both at the same time, and they won. So there you go. You can feel good about that. <laughs> Remember to sign up for Eagles Extra. You can sign up for that on nj.com slash text. Remember to download us wherever you download podcasts. Um, we'll have I'll be in Pittsburgh for Sunday's matchup. Chris and I will do a post-game show on Sunday which we're looking forward to. Hopefully there'll be something positive to take away from the game, particularly a win. 
Um, but for Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you Sunday. <laughs>